بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد يوم لا ينفع مال ولا بنون إلا من أتى الله بقلب سليم قال ابن عطاء إلا ما قادك شيء مثل الوهم ما قادك شيء مثل الوهم Nothing leads you like suspicion So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment, on the day of judgment wants us with a pure heart in front of him. That's why he says, يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالٌ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٌ On that day when no wealth or children will be of benefit. No wealth or children will be of benefit. The only thing which will be of benefit will be a heart that is sound. What exactly does it mean that a heart is sound? What is exactly is it that becomes an obstacle in this path of the heart remaining sound? So that's what this one is speaking about. مَا قَادَكَ شَيْءٌ مِثْلُ الْوَهْمِ Nothing leads you like suspicion. Suspicion is something which is very powerful in where it leads you and in its power to lead you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what he's saying here uh, in Arabic, the word qada yaqudu means to lead somebody from the front. To lead somebody from the front is qiyada in Arabic. Generally, it's talking about leading animals. Now, just that word uh, with animals, you can understand how helpless the animal is. With the master of the animal, You've got power over the animal, so you're leading the animal. It has to obey. So it's showing how this waham is so powerful in leading. It's almost like we are helpless in the hands of this suspicion. Where is this suspicion coming from? Whose suspicion is it? So now it's saying waham, mithlul wahmi. What is waham exactly? Waham is a stage of thought. Waham is a stage of thought. You have various stages when ideas pop into your mind. Um, emotions uh, make you... Um, emotions give you some kind of impetus to do something. You have a desire to do something. Or you feel like doing something. You have a feeling. There's different levels of this. One is you have a fleeting thought. There's not much strength in it. And it's easy to dismiss. You carry on and... Eventually, it gets to a 50-50 level where you've got a thought about something, but you're not 100% sure. You're not 100, but you're only 50% sure. So the positive aspect and the negative aspect of it is completely equal. That's called shak in Arabic. And then you have a dhan or a dhan al-ghalib, which means when, you're, when you have a dominant thought about something, where it's over 50%, but you're not 100% sure. So anything less than 100%, more than 50% is normally called dhan, preponderant opinion, dominant opinion. You can only really have an opinion if you're more than 50% sure about something. So you can even use the word opinion for this type of thought. Because if somebody holds an opinion when they're just 50-50, then that person's opinion, are really, they don't really matter. right? They're not of any value whatsoever. So for somebody's opinions to, value, to be of some value, they have to be over 50% to 100%. Of course, if it gets to 100%, it's not just an opinion, it's a fact, it's yaqeen. 
right? But the person could be deluded and think it's a hundred percent. So that's a different aspect. But anything less than fifty percent is anything less than fifty percent. Then in that case, it's called a waham. Waham. Now that could be two percent, five percent, ten percent, twenty percent, or maybe forty-nine percent. But that's waham essentially. So waham is just like a notion. It's not an opinion. It's like a notion. But what he's saying is that this is what drives a person in most cases. People don't think. And it drives a person in most cases. And this is what the, the, the worst part of it is. It is the weakest level of shak. It's the weakest level of opinion and thought. And essentially it's anything that goes against yaqeen. So here in the case of this though, in the case of this, it's anything that goes against Yaqeen. Anything you don't have Yaqeen in, anything that you don't have Yaqeen in, that means absolute conviction, then all of that will be included in, in his perspective here. So although what I explained is general, but when it comes to this particular saying, he's referring to everything aside from 100%. And you'll understand why we say that. So what he's saying essentially is there's nothing like suspicion which will pull you, drive you to desire the creation, created things. To desire you to essentially sacrifice your own akhirah for the sake of them. Because you feel that there is a certain benefit that you're getting. You may even see certain benefits that are coming. You'll want to humiliate yourself in front of creation because of these suspicions. Essentially it's saying that it will take you away from the yaqeen to something that doesn't have yaqeen. Doesn't have 100% conviction. So, because we feel that benefit is coming from them we're receiving certain benefit from the makhluk and from the creation or harm that's coming from them or we fear certain harm from them or we feel that they're going to give us something or we're going to receive something from them or that they're going to prevent something from them and they have the ability to prevent it then our greed grows in that direction and that's what we generally associate ourselves with. So then we humiliate ourselves in front of them, we humble ourselves in front of them, and we become reliant on people. We become reliant on the creation, on created beings. If the yaqeen and the 100% conviction, if we attain that, then that, that and what is the yaqeen? What, there's only one yaqeen in something. The yaqeen is that everything is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if we're able to gain the yaqeen that everything is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though we see the apparent causes of things in the hands of people and in the hands of worldly forces, if we can just focus where the origin of this is and in whose hand the source of this is, then and the fact that our nafs and our life and everything is in the uh, the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
and everybody else is like that as well everybody else is like that as well and they are unable to even benefit themselves if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want them to then how can they benefit somebody else how can they benefit somebody else if we can get to this level of thought our mind can get to this level of thought then you will become despondent of people and your hope will become fully attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your himma will go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only. Our aspiration will be only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you, we will abandon everybody else. It doesn't have to be physically abandoned people, but in terms of mindset, in terms of our perspective, where we think we're getting the benefit and harm that's coming from. Now the problem here is this, we don't see the benefit coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we don't see that many miracles. And only some people believe in miracles. Even if a karamat took place or something, Allah did something unusual for us, most of us will reduce it to some kind of, most of us will reduce it to some kind of dynamic of the world. We'll give it some cause and reason, we'll interpret it some way. But that's far and wide. That's, that's very difficult that that even happens. The main thing is that we see our benefit coming from the people. We see harm coming. We fear things. Because this is... We see the apparent links between things. The apparent associations. We see them as apparent causes. Whereas the real cause is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now one thing that's been coming to mind is that a human being we have physical power we have energy we have restraint we have the ability to take suffering we have the ability to take a lot of burden if somebody is motivated they will have more they will be able to muster more of their energy than somebody who's not motivated somebody who's not motivated they will feel sleepy Somebody who is not motivated, they will feel tired. They will get tired easily. They will give up easily. Somebody who's got motivation, himma, goal, aspiration, belief. Belief is what gives all of this the highest level of persistence. Then suddenly you see you'll have more energy. Why is it that we can fast for so many hours in Ramadan? Why is it? Or any time for that matter. And it's not that difficult and we feel we can bear it we feel it's possible to do it it's because of belief suddenly our entire biological system our physiological system kicks in based on our belief you got other people who are very strong as well you tell them to fast because they don't see the benefit in it they don't see the health or whatever reason in it is just going to be a mundane act for them and it's going to be very 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 difficult for them if we did not have all of these virtues for fasting that we did how fasting would be so difficult how difficult would become fasting so on small things and individual things we make we set our belief correctly so the only reason we can really fast during these days really is that we know there's great benefit coming from it and we believe there's some barakah and it's making it easy for us can't see the barakah like physically you can't touch it but you feel you're getting it so in small things we have let we, we reach a certain type of yaqeen a certain level of it not enough but enough 
to get us through if we can reach this in all matters which is the purpose of the path if we can reach this in all matters then really we will be truly free and then we'll be able to exert ourselves and you know what comes to mind is that if we take the example of people who fast in Ramadan in these difficult you know whether you're fasting for shorter hours but in extreme heat and dryness or humidity right where you're sweating like crazy and you have to replenish yourself you know, in certain countries you go you're gonna have to have lots of water without that you could die being in that kind of situation people are fasting in that situation our fast alhamdulillah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept the has withheld the weather so although we have long hours we're not in that state where you're, you're rushing to have water or you feel like having as much water as you would in one of those countries where they have less time. So everybody has their own kind of challenges. If we can get our yaqeen just like that or get an idea of that yaqeen for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in everything in general, our life will become much freer and then we will really be connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's what he's saying here, that you will eventually leave people and abandon the idea of people Right? And thinking that everything comes from them if you gain yaqeen because you can only have yaqeen in one thing. You can't have yaqeen that benefit comes from a person because at the end of the day, he, that person themselves doesn't, do not have the ability, does not have the ability to benefit you if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want. But the problem is that the, 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 the apparent causes are so deceptive for us that we, we think of them in the level of yaqeen. They, to be honest, they only generally... Uh, you know, based on the table that I explained in the beginning, the levels that I explained in the beginning, they're only dhannul ghalib most of the time. Because generally this world is predictable. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given some kind of predictability in this world. Otherwise, it'd be a very strange world to live in. If, if it was a world where you did not know what was going to happen next, you took a step, you did not know if you were actually going to move forward or not. If it was that unpredictable. Even though every time you step, uh, take a step and the fact that we move forward is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He occasions that each time. But if we didn't know, it'd be very difficult. If you took a knife and you were about to cut something and you were like, inshallah, inshallah, right? Oh Allah, make it so. It'd be very difficult. But the fact is that generally it happens. So it's in the level of dhannul ghalib. But in some cases it won't happen. That's why it's only dhannul ghalib, it's not yaqeen. But because it happens most of the time, we take it to yaqeen. Whereas the yaqeen should be in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only. So again, we're just trying to correct our perspective and our understanding of things. Another way to say this, which is more important for us, this is just showing the mechanics of things. But another way to say this, which is more significant, is that مَا قَادَكَ شَيْءٌ مِنْ حَضْرَةِ الشُّهُودِ وَالْأَعْيَانِ إِلَّا تَوَهُّمُكَ وُجُودَ الْأَكْوَانِ There's nothing that carries you away and drives you away from the real presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then your feeling that benefit comes from beings from created beings and if you could remove that and it, you stop it from allowing you to carry you away then we'll go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that is the natural faith on which we were created. Every offspring is born on the fitrah, the primordial state. The only connection we had before coming into this world is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which Allah explains in the Quran by saying that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam, He then extracted all of his progeny 
and then he asked them aren't I your Lord he gave them some level of perception and he said aren't I your Lord they said shahidna. they said absolutely you are so the only connection and association that we've had before our birth is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is the fitrah on which we're born so if we can regain that perspective of going back to our origin and our source and our only uh, Lord then all of these things will cut away from that but it's deceiving this world is a fitna that's why Allah has told us it's a fitna that you will see the apparent causes of things and this is what you will become dependent on so what is it that is preventing us from going to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and making him our only source it is basically our associations with other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the attractions that that holds the pulling and the ropes and the links that we have with anybody else this is what's pulling us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so every time our nafs our heart wants to go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what will pull it is something to do with the dunya simple whether that be let me just check my email okay let me just check my whatsapp let me just go and do this let me just check this let me just think about this this is what makes us put these things off because we have so many links and we got so many links if it's not one thing it's another if it's not that then it's another I'm telling you if we're out of our phone for a day which is the majority of our links today if we're out of that for a day there'll be other things that we'll probably find maybe not as fast because we want our link with that is not as much because the phone has taken over but you will feel it that if you do take away the phone you will find it easier to go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but the nafs because we're so used to worldly links and we're so intoxicated by that we're so addicted to that we'll try to look for something else to pass our time with so every time every time your heart's desire to journey to Allah that association of the dunya pulls you that's why presence with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to be veiled, prohibited, banned, out of reach for the one whose association with the dunya is too much. Don't expect that you can enter the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the divine court, when there's something behind you pulling at you. So it's like we want to go and visit somebody. I mean, how many times have you wanted to visit some relative of yours? How many times have you wanted to go to the masjid sometimes? But you're not able to. There's some task that you need to do. But because the other desires are pulling you, it's like it almost as if it's as strong as being physical blockage in fact it's stronger than that because you don't even have to resist that's the problem with these they're worse than somebody putting up a blockage because at least there you'll get the reward of trying but you've been prevented but here we don't even try because something's pulled us from beforehand so the that's why i believe that the biological self is fully dependent on our emotions fully dependent on our emotions and allah has given this ajib ability within the body to follow suit 
And that's why all of the ahkam of the sharia cannot be considered to be difficult. They may be difficult in a sense, but just raise your bar, raise your himmah, raise your love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you will see that you can do it. Because if it was impossible and inconceivable for people to do certain things, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not have even legislated it. The ahkam, especially the fara'id, are of that nature that everybody should be able to do it. Everybody should be able to do it. So all it really requires is just getting their mindset right. You have two sisters or two brothers and they are both twins, let's just say. Same kind of capability, everything, same kind of upbringing. But one just had this additional, mashallah, inspiration from somewhere and has a higher himma. She'll be able to do much more than the other one. Her body will allow her to, while the other one will feel sleepy, this one will feel fresh, will feel vibrant, and will feel active and will want to do something. So how do you raise your bar? That's the question. If you keep complaining, I'm sleepy, I'm lazy, I don't have motivation. Well, how do you get the motivation? Read what is the true world to come. These are the kind of things that are supposed to benefit us and help us. That's why he says that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَانٌ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٌ So all of these things, and they, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is representing all of our challenges of the world by two things. Because these are generally the biggest attractions, or you can say detractions for us, which is wealth and children. You might be saying, for us, it's not wealth and children, it's something else. You know, a lot of people, they're so lazy today, they're in their computer games. They don't care about wealth. They don't care about children either. That's a whole different ball game. But the majority of people, if there's a fitna for them, it's their wealth or it's their children. They get so engrossed in these things, they forget Allah. But Allah is saying that on the day of judgment, that's not going to be any matter. That's not going to help. No benefit whatsoever. إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ Except the one who comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a sound heart. And a sound heart is what now? Now we understand what a sound heart is. It is that heart which doesn't have an association with anything but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now you might be thinking that's a difficult thing to do. How do we get away from the dunya? Well, we're not saying do it over one day. But let's hope that by the time we die, we're more away from the dunya than we are closer to the dunya. I think we have to start off with making it a bit easy for ourselves. So at least we know we can put things in perspective now. Anything we feel attracted to that's taking us away from you now, understand that this is a fitna. We may not be able to give it up. You may not be able to give up associating and wasting time with your friends, going to clubs and, you know, uh, what, you know wherever halal entertainment it may be or whatever the case is, right? But understand that Feel guilty at least. Feel guilty. One day that will make you stop and reduce. Of course, if it's haram, then it needs to be abstained from coming. You should definitely feel guilty there. But even halal kind of things, it's allowed once in a while, these kind of things. But if a halal form of mundane activity is becoming our pastime, then that's an issue. If we always want to be in a pizza store, pizza shop, if we always want to be eating something, 
If you always want, want to be speaking on the phone or on the phone or something like that, then understand that it may be halal and not haram. And we may be speaking to the right kind of people and our friends online may be halal friends. But if it's overdoing it, if it's overdoing it, and we're not benefiting from it, then understand that that's just taking us away, especially if it's taking us away from our salat and making us commit sins or whatever the case is, giving us an impetus to do that. So, Qalbun Salim is the one who, which doesn't have any association with Allah, uh, uh, except with Allah. It doesn't have association with anybody but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that before our death, we definitely have some level of this. If not entirely, completely. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَكَدْ جِئْتُمُونَا فُرَادًا كَمَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ أَوَّلَ مَرَّةً You're going to come to us alone. You've come to us alone. On the Day of Judgment, you will come to us alone, just like the day we created you. There'll be no ta'alluqat, there'll be no embellishment, no adornment, nothing that we've gained in this world. It will be back to square one. That's how we'll be standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again. Uh, that's why, um, subhanAllah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was given one of the higher levels of attention by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the highest levels of attention was given by the Prophet, uh, to the Prophet by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why he lost his father when he was young. He lost his mother. He lost his father before he was born. He lost his mother when he was young. Alam Didn't we find you as an orphan? And thus we gave you refuge. This gives us an indication that This was a specially created circumstance for him to give us an indication that when you, even if you break your um, your trust and reliance in things that you think are certain to benefit you, more than a father who can benefit you, generally speaking. But Allah is showing through this example of the greatest person to live that despite the fact that he was a yatim who didn't have the main source that children need at their most vulnerable, that humans need at their most vulnerable situations, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helped them. So you're going to have to become orphan from things that are not necessary. I'm not trying to say go and you know, become an orphan in the real sense of it, but you're going to have to become orphan from the world, from the other sources that you think you benefit from. Because Rasulullah lost the source that he could definitely benefit from, which was the father, which is generally understood to be of the greatest uh, benefit. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him everything that he needed. So if we can remove the other sources which are not necessary sources, like a father is, as much as his father is, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help us. So a form of orphanage needs to be needed. Being orphaned, that is what is very valuable. That's why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, In Allah witrun yuhibbul witr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one and he loves oneness, if we, if we take it in that meaning. Basically saying that Allah loves the heart which doesn't have two in it, which isn't associated to more than one. And this is the whole point of the path. How does a person connect to Allah and away from things. That's essentially what this whole point of the path is. Just explained in different ways so that inshallah one of these things will resonate, it'll stay with us, and inshallah it will become our inspiration while we stay in this world. 
That's where Allah says, مَا جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لِرَجُلٍ مِّنْ قَلْبَيْنِ فِي جَوْفِهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasn't placed two hearts in the body of anybody. Physically speaking, you know, he says man here because generally women sometimes do have two hearts beating in their body because they have the embryo, right? So here he says rajul, but the meaning is the same, which is that you don't have any, nobody has two hearts that they can consider their own. So uh, the spiritual way of understanding that is obviously that when your full heart, the one that you have has to be fully associated with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why when people who've reached that stage, they have, they, statements have come from them like, لو كلفت أن أرى غيره لم أستطيع. If I'm burdened, if you try to make me see others, I can't. I don't see anybody else. I just see Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, in the sense that I see Allah Subhanahu wa Taala behind everything. You know, sometimes I go somewhere and I ask about the meat. And they say they've kind of checked it out and everything, but I don't feel secure that because when you know the industry, the meat industry, and how much uh, problems there are there, and the weird and uh, uh, varied ways of deception in that, you can tell that just asking your butcher is not enough because the poor butcher doesn't even know himself. He's going to be given meat by a supplier who's telling him it's halal. And that meat supplier is going to show him a certificate. And certificates are 10 to the dozen nowadays. Right? When you know that, then what I then I will tell the host, for example, that it's okay, you can eat it. I'm not going to eat it. I just know the industry too much, too well. So I know that I have to be careful here. Because when you generally get an understanding of an industry and you know where the raw material and everything is coming from, you'll have an idea. So as whatever somebody else may think, because the whole world is about making people think differently, right? The promotions and things like that. Image. I just know too much and it cripples me. It inhabits me. It, it, it inhibits me. It actually creates a problem for me. So I tell him that. Same kind of thing he's saying here. When you know everything's coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it doesn't matter about people. That doesn't mean that you look down upon them. Now remember, that's not the point. You have to respect people because that's part of the deen as well. It's just that you do not have reliance on anybody. Yeah, you may have a deal with somebody, but your reliance is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to be the provider. So that's why he said in this kind of extreme sense, if you, if you make me, want me to look at people, I can't. I just see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says. فَإِنَّهُ لَا غَيْرَ مَعَهُ حَتَّى أَشْهَدَهُ مَعَهُ I have to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with it. With anything. So, the whole conclusion of this is that it's this waham, this suspicion, this, this level that is below 100%, which has prevented the awam and the khawas, or prevents the awam and the khawas, the elect people and the normal people from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's only the khawasul khawas the elect of the elect, the very special people who this does not prevent. They're the ones who will break that final barrier. Now, well, this tells us something else, which shows a bit of hope in a sense, that it is such a difficult thing to do. To break through that final barrier where only you see Allah, that's only for the khawasul khawas, like the prophets and the really high ones.
So it's not for our nominal people on the path. Meaning, if you really want to get there, you're going to have to become khasul khawas, the real elite. But that's the point. There is comfort in that. The reason there's comfort is if we feel that we're still associated with others, then we're like, what's the point? I've been trying for 10 years, 24 years. I've been doing this. I, mean, I still do it. I'm still doing it. Certain things become khawasul khawas issues. Certain things, not all things. Don't placate your nafs all the time with that kind of thing. But at least it gives us this thought that we're still getting somewhere. Because it's not just one step where it's there and you do a few things and you'll get to khawasul khawas and every. No, it's a lifelong struggle because we've got too many associations. Can you even count the associations we have with the dunya? I mean, is it even possible to enumerate them? All the different associations and links that we have of the dunya. You cut this one, there's going to be another one. You cut this one, there's going to be, there's going to be challenges all the time. But at least if we know, logically, mentally, psychologically, we know, it helps us to get to some level. That's why I said right in the beginning, if we don't get to the khawas or khawas, but oh Allah, at least allow us to be more connected to you than anything else, for that matter. As far as the awam is concerned, he says, then these suspicions, these thoughts and these perceptions are going to drive them to association with creation. And it's going to prevent them from going to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and becoming fully associated with Him. The reason is they're going to be constantly occupied with thinking about others. When you say others here, this is not talking about selfishness. Selfishness is also thinking about others. Others here means other than Allah. So whether a person is thinking about somebody else or a person is thinking about himself, which is selfishness, it's the same thing. It's other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whereas the khawas, the elect people, it, the wahm will take them to seeing things. But because they, their mind keeps, and their heart keeps telling them because of the dhikr that they do and so on, that no, there's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is behind. So although they're not fully disassociated, they still, they're still able to at least think correctly. So they're satisfied at least with that much. They can't cut themselves away completely, but they're still satisfied with the fact that they at least logically start thinking that way to a certain degree, in many cases. That's why um, Ibn Ajiba says that his shaykh used to say, Wallahi ma hajaban nasa anillahi illa al-wahm. It's only this suspicion that has kept people away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he used to say that the problem is this wahm is a amrun adamiyun la haqiqata lahu. If it was a real thing that was keeping you away, then there'd be some sense in that. But the problem is that this pure speculation is a negative thing. There's nothing there. It's empty. It's fickle. It's got no haqiqat and no reality. And this is what's keeping us away. The khawasul khawas, nothing prevents them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They have torn down all of these, uh, they have torn down the veils of this suspicion. Even the finest of suspicions, they've torn them down, one after the other. They've gone through them. And from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them ilm and fahm. 
true ilm and true fahm, true understanding. There's no longer facade in front of things anymore. They see things as they are. That's why they no longer ta'alluq with anything. They don't care about anything anymore. فَلَمْ يَتَعَلَّقُوا بِشَيْءٍ And nothing prevents them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of them بِمَنِّهِ وَكَرَمِهِ By His benevolence and by His honor. That's why He then says to give the reason why we are like this is because أَنْتَ حُرٌّ مِمَّا أَنْتَ عَنْهُ آيِسْ وَعَبْدٌ لِمَا أَنْتَ لَهُ طَامِئِ In your despairing you are a free man but in your coveting you are a slave. Is because of tama and desire that we have that for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's going to continue to make us like that. So strengthen your dhikr in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you will see that it will inshallah help us. So uh, Shaykh Abdullah Gangu, he uh, explains the branch, uh, he says that this assertion is the proof for the previous aphorism, which is, we didn't do that one. It's ma basaqat aghsanu dhullin illa ala bidri tama'in. Were it not for the seeds of ambitious desire, the branches of disgrace would not be lofty. We'll, we'll do that next time, inshallah. Um, but nothing is as effective as suspicion for imprisoning man in greed and desire. As a result of suspicion, man becomes ensnared in the net of desire. One imagines or suspects that a certain person will be of benefit to one. One therefore turns the gaze or desire to him, expecting benefit from him. Or one imagines a particular trade, profession or occupation being beneficial for one. Greed then induces one to become involved in that pursuit. All the chains of relationships that are fettering man's legs are the products of man's imagination or suspicion. It is only divine power through the means of the righteous which can free man from these chains. So he says something very important. He says it's only divine power through the means of the righteous. So having good company and having good a'mal is what eventually will help a person come away from these things. The ego inclines greatly to imagination and suspicion and remains very far from higher spiritual realities. As long as the ego has, been, has not been purified, the elimination of this disease is difficult. Now, let, let's not understand even for a moment that we're not allowed to do business, we're not allowed to take on an activity. We are, we're allowed to do all of these things, but they must just be vehicles. We must, our mind must be that Allah will give us benefit from them. So yes, you can say that this particular job gives a better return than this one. This business gives a better return, it's more lucrative than that. That's completely fine. But we must understand that it's because of Allah keeping it that way. And we also must understand that although this is a lucrative job and everybody else is making millions in that, if I go in there, it is also possible that I may not make a million in that. Because that's, that's happened as well. It's not everybody. In fact, what generally happens is that when so many people get into something, it kind of dwindles anyway. But it's just don't get into something with so much hope in that thing because then you'll have no reason to feel remorse afterwards. If you feel that everything comes from Allah at the end of it, but I'm choosing my best option, even if it doesn't happen, you'll understand it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So depression will be avoided. Okay, let's do our muraqaba. اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين جزى الله عنا محمدا ما هو أهله 
اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم او الله او الله forgive us our sins او الله forgive us our wrong doings our defects our excesses او الله our shortcomings او الله our life has been full of shortcomings full of darknesses full of association with everybody but you oh allah we become so dependent on everybody but you oh allah it's such a difficult task for us to cut away from others and to think about you in all of our states oh allah grant us true wuquf qalbi oh allah grant us true true association with you in all times in our hearts oh allah oh allah oh allah have mercy on our states oh allah have mercy on our states oh allah we know we've disobeyed you but we know that you are, you are most merciful even against the transgressors oh allah have mercy on our state remove us from this state oh allah logically we want to be removed from this state but oh allah physically psychologically we become so dependent we find it so difficult oh allah we reminded that sometimes when we listen to a lecture when we read a book but at other times we're constantly involved in our associations of the dunya oh allah oh allah this heart of ours when is it going to cut away from everything and be yours oh allah we ask that you make our our heart the way you want it to be you give love in it for your obedience and for everything associated with you and oh allah grant give us hatred in our heart for all your disobedience so that we can avoid it oh allah this is the month of ramadan special month in which your mercies are abundantly showering down oh allah do not deprive us of that mercy Oh Allah, do not just give it to others and deprive us. Oh Allah, make us also worthy recipients of your mercy. Oh Allah, give us a full share of your mercy and your barakah and your blessing during this month. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we are fasting, we are in the state of fast. Oh Allah, each one of us here has been fasting. Oh Allah, have some mercy on us because of our state. Oh Allah, it's a state in which we are trying to take on one of your characteristics of not eating. Oh Allah, have mercy on us in that regard. Oh Allah, when in the world, when people see others fasting, they have mercy on them. And we're told to have mercy on, on our employees and people who are around us during the month of Ramadan. Oh Allah, this is a direct guidance. Oh Allah, in that sense, we can only hope that you will also have mercy on us during this month because of the fact that we're fasting. Oh Allah, you're the one who told us to fast and to worship during this month. You gave us the special month. You have opened the door of Jannah. Oh Allah, write us to be of Jannah. You've, you've closed the door of hellfire. Oh Allah, oh Allah, also write us to be free of hellfire. Oh Allah, keep the shayateen away from us. Oh Allah, keep the shayateen away from us. Allow us to get a grip on our nafs and our desire. Oh Allah, oh Allah. We ask that you benefit us for the rest of the month. Oh Allah, give us the full barakat of this month, the full nur of this month, the full mercy of this month. Oh Allah, and allow us to endure that mercy for the rest of our life. Oh Allah, don't, like, let it, don't make it like other years when after Ramadan we, we went back to what we were doing before Ramadan. Oh Allah, let this endure. Let this be a Ramadan like no other. Let it be a Ramadan in which we truly gain your closeness. A closeness after which there's no distance. A closeness after which there's no distance. Success after which there's no failure. Success. Grant us falah. Grant us falah. Oh Allah, grant us purity. Grant us purity. Grant us baraka in our lives oh allah grant us jannatul firdaus oh allah oh allah allow us to do even more during this month oh allah allow us to do more during this month oh allah 
accept our du'as, accept the du'as of those who've told us to make du'a for them. And oh Allah, and those who hope that we will make du'a for them. And those who are our muhsineen, those who are associated us with, with us in any way, shape or form. Those who are our teachers, who are our guides, who are our benefactors. And those who are our students, and those who are just associated with us in any way, shape or form. Oh Allah, bless us all during this month. Oh Allah, make this a blessed majlis. Oh Allah, make this a blessed majlis. At the end of the day, each individual has just come and sacrifice their, their time to come for one purpose alone. Oh Allah, which is to which is to attain you. Oh Allah, and if you still don't give us you, then what is the purpose of all of this? Oh Allah, oh Allah, look at our purpose. Don't look at our actions. Oh Allah, look at our intentions. Don't look at our deeds. Oh Allah, our deeds are weak. Our deeds are weak. We have many shortcomings. Oh Allah, oh Allah, grant us blessing in everything that you've given us. Oh Allah, Ismail has just had a son or has a daughter. Oh Allah, grant him barakah as well. Grant, grant him barakah in his family. Oh Allah, grant him barakah in everything that he does. Oh Allah, and all the rest of us, in all the bounties that you've given us, grant us barakah and blessing in those things as well. Oh Allah, any permissible projects, any uh, praiseworthy projects that we have in mind, permissible pro ideas and projects we have, in, oh Allah, allow them to reach fruition. Oh Allah, give us barakah in those things. Reach us and accept us all for the service of your deen. Oh Allah, bless all of our families and accept us all for the service of your deen. Oh Allah, you know how to use us. You know what, what is required out there. Oh Allah, make a requirement for us so that we can fulfill it. Oh Allah, and allow us to be more associated with you before our death than we are to anything else. And oh Allah, make the day that we stand in front of you the best day of our existence and grant us the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Oh Allah, send abundant blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.